1: Welcome to Homeschool Your Way. I'm your host, Jana Cook. Have you ever wondered if you were smart? Do your children ever ask you if you think they're smart? What is smart anyways? Today's episode explores the theory of multiple intelligence. An IQ test isn't the only way to measure intelligence. My guest, Dana Fort, discusses the eight ways your kids are smart. You may just be surprised by what you hear. Dana, thanks so much for being here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm Dana and I have five kids and I have homeschooled one of them from kindergarten to we made it to graduation. So, yeah, you can do it. And then I have a high schooler, two middle schoolers and a preschooler right now. So I've gotten to experience kind of all the phases and walk through with a lot of friends who have had jumped in at different parts of their kids' schooling. And um, it's just a really beautiful thing to be able to have your kids home and learn alongside them. We like to
1: say at Bookshark that we're creating lifelong learners. And I like to include myself in that because I want yeah. to be a lifelong learner until I no longer have life. Like I geek out about learning alongside my kids. And so yeah. I I love that you that you use that phrase learning alongside your kids. So, um, one thing that we do here on the show is we share a homeschool hack, kind of throw this Mm -hmm. out at you. If you have a homeschool hack that maybe you'd like to share with our audience.
2: One of the things that I feel like really changed our homeschool for the better many a year ago was letting my kids have control of a chunk of their day and me not dictating everything for them so that they have some choices. So what that looks like for us is they, start their day with a list of the things that they are going to need to accomplish. And when they have the chunks of time to work on their own while I'm working with another kid and we're not doing group stuff that they get to pick, do I want to do math first? Do I want to do reading first and kind of figure out what works for them? And do they want to get their hardest stuff out of the way or do what they enjoy first or however they want to arrange it and just giving them that freedom and, I can't think of the word, not self-control, self-discipline and being able to make decisions and organize their day. I feel like they just took that and ran with it. And it has been so good for so many years. Um, So if you're in like a rut with your schedule or your kids are fighting you about, I don't want to do this now. And I don't want to do that first. Like just letting them have some freedom in that, I think is a really great thing. And one of mine liked to do a lot of her work at night. And in
1: my mind, no, we do school during the day. This is when you have to get it (laughs) done, but it was her independent work. So when I finally just let it go and said, great, do it in the evening. She's a night owl. And so she sleeps in a little bit more. Okay. On the days that that works, it works. And I'm happier because she's happier. And it's one of those things that we do have to give ourselves permission to let go of some control when when we can.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of like, having to undo. Cause I think a good chunk of homeschool moms went to a public or private school. So we've kind of just grown up seeing it a certain way in our brains thinking, this is how school is supposed to look. And that's not what homeschool has to look like. Like some people's homes do look very similar to a classroom and that works for their family. And that's not wrong, but knowing that we're not like stuck having to do it that way, that there's so much freedom in And how we're going to use our time and what that's going to look like in our family. And that's like the beauty of homeschooling is you get to switch it up to what works for your individual kids.
1: Yes. You get to homeschool your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So that is a great lead in
1: into our topic today. It's the theory of multiple intelligences. And um, one of the books that you and I both read kind of to prep for this discussion was Eight Great Smarts by Kathy Cook. And Dr. Kathy Cook. Um, And she actually took her thesis from some Harvard professors that did some research back in the 80s. It was Dr. Howard Gardner and Dr. Thomas Armstrong. And so I'm going to go ahead and tell our audience what these are. And then you and I are going to talk about it and maybe help. Um, just kind of digest how we can pinpoint those in our children, how we see them in ourselves. So the first one is word smart. And that means that you think with your words. And the second one is logic smart. And you think in questions immediately. I'm clearly I'm not logic smart. I don't know that I think in questions. <laughs> Uh, the next one is picture smart, you think in pictures. Um, music smart, and you're going to think in rhythm and melodies. Then there's body smart, so you think in movement. There's nature smart, you're going to think in patterns. There is people smart, and you think in people. That one I just can't wait to delve into. And then self smart, that you think with reflection. And um, one of the things that Kathy talks about in her book, and these other um, doctors talk about in their theory, is that you're not just made up of one smart um, much like personalities you have a strong a dominant and then maybe a more recessive and so when I thought about what kind of smart i was I definitely would say um, people smart is high up on my list for sure <laughs> I love to talk um one of my daughters who is not as people smart maybe as me she'll say, why do you always have to ask about your ideas? And I loved reading about the theory that when I'm people smart, I actually think when other people talk with me. So it's not that I'm worried or insecure about my ideas, it's I'm actually being energized when I get to talk those ideas out with other people. So um, that's definitely probably my dominant. I have some more, but what
2: about you, Dana? What do you think your, your dominant smart would be? Um, I think definitely people smart is in like probably my top two. Um, and then probably music smart. Um, I was always needing to have like music on in the background, um, to be able to think. Um, and I, I need to talk it all out all the time. <laughs> and, and usually kind of like you said, it's like I'm processing and I'm working it out. I'm not really needing necessarily the feedback, but like that other person there um, just gives me my brain, the permission to like figure it out usually. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, um, one of the things reading through these theories was that struck me was that it isn't an idea of traditional intelligence, like an IQ test. Mm -hmm. They're really looking at the different aspects of Human, as of a human, right? So we're not just our IQ, we're not just how we process information, but we're so much more than that. So, for homeschool parents who are new to this, who have been in this for a long time, had you ever heard or had you had conversations in your circles with people about these different
2: types of
1: areas of how their children were smart?
2: I think it's not common. Um, I actually have known. Um, of Dr. Kathy cook for many, many years. And she had a different book. I think this might be like a revision of a different book that she had that talked about these smarts. So I probably read that book a good, like 15 years ago. So that has been running in my mind through most of my homeschool. But if I bring it up to other people or mention it, like it's not a commonly known thing by people that really we are smart in so many ways. And that's why our world works because people are gifted in drastically different ways than each other, you know, so valuing that is something as a society, we haven't done well. So in your homeschool
1: experience, since you did have this information a decade and a half ago, how did that change how you presented material to your children throughout the years?
2: Um, it really helps me to not be frustrated. I think more than anything of like, When, you know, I have a kid that's really, really struggled with spelling, but he's super um, word smart and logic smart. And I love, she brought that up in her book, but she struggles with spelling and not thinking like, oh, there's something wrong with him. He can't spell. He's not super picture smart. That's not like his greatest strength. And spelling has all these rules and then exceptions to rules, and that doesn't fit with a someone that's really, really logic smart's way of thinking. And so being able to look at it like holistically and go, okay, he's struggling with this because his strengths are here and we need to nurture this picture smart more, or we need to approach it from different ways. He also has a good amount of body smart in him. So letting him, you know, use sand to do his spelling words or make um, shapes play-doh when he was little to learn his letters, Uh, doing things to use his body smarts or use picture smart and like combine them so that I'm nurturing a smart and honoring a smart he already has to help him grow in his spelling. Um, So just a lot of trying to look at it more holistically and not like, oh, he's just not getting this. Like, we obviously have a problem here. Like, no, he just needs help. Maybe coming from a different angle than is what we traditionally would do with spelling. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I have admitted...
1: I don't know how many times throughout the sessions that I have done uh, for Bookshark, I am not a good speller. I probably because I'd like to say it's because I'm logical. I I don't know that that's the truth, but um, (laughs) spelling has just always been difficult for me, but I am a a word person. So you think that would be the opposite, but it's not because I don't think in pictures. And so um, I also, I love to hear like, oh, it's not because I'm unintelligent. It's because Mm -hmm. that's not one of my, That's not one of my dominant smarts. So that's not how my brain works. Yet I love words. I don't particularly love writing. I like to talk. Like that's Mm -hmm. what I want to do. And so um, I was recently talking to a college professor of mine and she said that she had started to see the benefits of using technology in a different way. So for her students who weren't really good at typing or wanting to write, she let them dictate it Mm -hmm. and then go back and then, if she need, you know, then they needed to write it out. But first, dictate it. Get your thoughts out. And I, I looked at her and I that said, was "Where hard. was that professor <laughs> when I was in college and struggling with that eight-page paper that she demanded that I write?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when I'm looking at my children, um, my twins, although very different academically, they both were um, kind of on the same page most of the time. They homeschooled, but my youngest. She just has a different set of smarts. And so part of me panicked as she started to get into middle school. And I'm like, you're not, you're not, you know, in my mind, writing the same way your sister did, or mm-hmm. you're not processing the same way. And what am I doing wrong? What am I doing different? Well, it's so nice to know. Well, my goodness, she just, she's more music smart. This kid has been singing since she could talk. She Mm -hmm. is uh, very imaginative. We would always laugh. We'd go to a restaurant and she would find a fork and a spoon or salt and pepper shakers and she would start acting out. She would just start talking for (laughs) them and she was just happy in her own little world. And so Mm -hmm. to remember that our job as parents is to nurture that it isn't to make them fit into the society's mold of what education looks like it. We have this privilege to come alongside them and say, oh my goodness, let's write it in the sand. Mm -hmm. Let's dictate it instead of doing it this way. Um, Why don't you draw a comic instead of writing the essay? You know, when, when we can Mm -hmm. do those things, it's really being creative, but I have to say that in homeschooling, it's more about changing me and my way of thinking and how
2: I do things (laughs) than my children. Yeah, that's so true. I was just thinking about like the body smart, like some of the things that um, maybe most can get under our skin as moms sometimes, or the thing that you're like, feel like you're always like, why is this kid always doing that? Like um, always moving, always having to be fidgeting with something, always humming, you know, those things that sometimes we can like write off to like being maybe annoying, even (laughs) Um, like tend to have to do with they're smart. And that has been really helpful for me as a mom. Um, and like a lot of our boys are body smart. And that's why boys struggle in a traditional school setting is they don't want to just their bodies weren't made to just sit there. Um, and so honoring that and our kids and letting them do their math upside down or jumping around or my daughter walks around reading a book, I don't understand how but like, being okay with that. And I love how Dr. Kathy Cook talked about just how, um, hurtful and harmful criticism is. And that like correction and criticism are different. Like there's a time and a place for certain things and we can't always do whatever our body, smart body wants to do. And there's can be correction in that, but not always like telling them, stop that, stop up, stop moving. Don't do that. You know, like honoring who they are and allowing those things to help them because that's why they're doing it. Um,
1: I have felt bad as I looked over, as I reminisce about some of the things <laughs> that I did in my beginning years of homeschooling, or even just as the beginning years as a mom having children and how I did criticize things and how I, I could, as their mom, see their face change, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 you can see it fall. You You know that in that moment, like, oh, maybe I... Maybe I misunderstood that action. Maybe I misunderstood that question. And talking about logic smart, as a parent, sometimes when your children question you, if you feel, I'll speak for myself, I feel defensive.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like,
1: why are you questioning me? But if your child is strong and logic smart, that's how they think, that's how they mm-hmm. process, right? And so mm-hmm. it's not a defiance necessarily, um, but Just knowing that can make me pause and go, maybe ask another question. Are you asking because you need more information? Are you asking because you don't like how I'm doing it? Mm -hmm. And I, the pause, I mean, my goodness, the pause is one of the the best things that I have learned in my years of being a parent and homeschooling Mm -hmm. is using that time to just not my immediate reaction, but learning to respond to my children instead of react uh, progress, not perfection, Certainly not there. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. But yeah. have you noticed that with your different type of learners, different types of smarts that you have seen in your household,
2: um, that very thing? Yeah, definitely. And you know, none of us are gonna do it perfectly, right? Like we're gonna speak and say the wrong thing, but taking the time to like, wait, why are they doing what they're doing? and not assuming it's to be defiant or to be just pesty, you know, and, and taking the moment. I love that you have like a pause. I think that's so wise. Um, I love in the eight smarts book, just at the beginning of a lot of the chapters, she gave different phrases to use um, instead of criticism, criticizing. And one of the ones that she used for um, a word smart kid was sweetheart, mommy's ears are full. I can't listen anymore versus being like, Shh, quiet, stop talking. You know, I have a kid that could talk from the time he wakes until he goes to bed and he has amazing things to say, but I cannot handle being talked at twenty-four seven. And there's been so many times that I know what's come out of my mouth has been crushing to his spirit versus loving. And I just thought that was so wise that she put like some good examples to like just memorize a few key phrases and just use the same phrase for a while until you learn how to speak a little differently to your kids when they're doing using their smart maybe in a way that isn't appropriate or pleasant for that moment in time or they've overused it for your ears that day. Yeah, the idea
1: of um, self-smart and thinking and reflection. There are times when, again, it, it's a situation that I have caused by maybe overscheduling ourselves, by maybe um, you know not doing something on time that I should have. So now I feel stressed, and then that self smart child wants to reflect. They <laughs> they they want to pause. And then pause again and pause again and, and they're reflecting it. And, and I'm just like, hurry up, come on. We need to just get it done. Just answer the question. Like we gotta close the book. We had to go to the next task. And um knowing that they're not dragging their feet, they're actually thinking with their smart, which is reflection. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I think, sure, I do that, but when I'm when I can't honor that, when I can't see that because I'm stressed out or I've again, created a situation that we need to push through and hurry on and get to the next thing, uh, it causes friction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it does, it can look like a discipline issue. And, mm-hmm. you know, you you have five, I have three. We know there are discipline issues. We're certainly sure, not saying sure. <laughs> that All of these things can just magically go away if we understand they're, where they're smart or how they're using their smart. But I do wonder in- in my own reflection, a lot of times when I thought it was a discipline issue, if really it was more, I I wasn't taking the time to understand how they were processing it.
2: Yeah. I'm sure I am guilty of that more times than I would (laughs) like to be for sure.
1: Let's take a break to hear from our sponsor. Did someone say free unit study? Oh yeah. Yeah. Many listeners already have a Bookshark unit study, but there's a new one for 2022, and it's all about weather. So head to bookshark.com slash freebies. From there, you will find the new weather unit study and the older ones like volcanoes, the American Constitution, and Walt Disney. This new weather unit study is a no-risk way to try out the Bookshark way of learning. Reading a great book, discussing it, and doing hands-on activities. This one two weeks long, well, two weeks in Bookshark time, which really means two four-day weeks. So it's an eight-day study. Bookshark curriculum is always scheduled for a four-day week. One mom says it's like having a long weekend all year long. Back to the unit study. It's designed for ages seven to 12 and is jam-packed with science, hands-on exploration, centered on the various phenomena of weather. Learn what causes weather in the four seasons. Create a plan for dealing with dangerous weather events. Experiment with evaporation, condensation, and atmospheric pressure so these concepts really stick. Learn how to distinguish sleet from hail and the scientific name of cloud forms. Identify the regions where tornadoes are most common and so much more. Visit bookshark.com slash freebies to get yours. To do a unit study fully, you will need the book, What Makes a Tornado Twist, and other questions about weather. But you can easily find this at your public library if you don't opt to buy it directly from Bookshark. Head to bookshark.com slash freebies to get your free weather unit study now. Are you starting to notice which smarts you're smart with? Still to come, Dana shares how knowing your child's smarts can help direct their path to future careers. Let's hear how she did just that. What about when you see one of your children really just connect with something that kind of boggles your mind, like of all the things I said and how I said it, that was how it, it that was how you finally got it. Like when I think about that in homeschool, like That's it. Like, you know, I'm a word person. So I'm pouring out all these words, all these (laughs) words. And it's like they're tuning me out anyways. And then it's the one, if I I finally show them a picture and they're like, oh, got it. Thanks. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) I feel like that tends to happen more with when I send my kids to my husband, like, okay, I don't know how to get them to understand this. You need to go talk to your papa. (laughs) Like, And then he comes up with some off the wall way to explain it that I'm like, huh? Like, where did you even come up with that? And they're like, yeah, okay, I know what I'm doing now. But he thinks totally different than me. And so I think as a homeschool mom, like it's super wise to use your resources. Like most likely your husband or your sister or your brother or your mom like has different strengths and their smarts. And so if you're getting stumped with your kids of like, we are just hitting a wall with this concept, like. Bring in a resource of someone else, be like, hey, can you try to explain this to my kid? Because they probably will reach them. Um, and d- don't be too prideful to ask someone for help, you know? Yeah.
1: Having a, a background in education myself, I do feel like there are times when my children have said, I don't understand what you're saying. I mean, I, I got that more often than I care to admit. We, I'm like, well, I'm u- I'm using small words I mean that you know, and I'm speaking in English. So I don't understand why you don't understand what I'm saying, but there are times I'm like, okay, let me see if I can find a YouTube video with somebody else's, maybe it's the tone of voice. Maybe it's the pictures. Maybe it's the words they're using that you're not getting what I'm saying. and And I get frustrated. I'm like, I can't say it any other way. I don't mm-hmm. know how to say it differently, but if your child thinks in pictures, that voiceover with the video, as it's going through, it's mm-hmm. going to click for them because my words are not translating into the pictures that they think in. And mm-hmm. so it's like, we almost, it's a communication issue, right? Cause I'm talking in words and they're thinking in pictures and yep. my words are <laughs> not creating the pictures that they need to see in order to understand what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's super smart. See, we're all smart. We're all smart. We are all so smart. I love like a phrase she used a lot through the book was be smart with your smarts. And I just, I love that because in each chapter, she did a great job of like showing the different aspects of your smarts. So she would talk about the strengths and then she would talk about like how they can get your kid in trouble um, and about like potential careers to think about um, spacing on. What other relationships like how it affects relationships in your home, and I love that she just like hit it from all different angles. Yeah, and
1: when she talks about this idea of um, husband and wife or partners or in your work, like this isn't just strictly for parents and children. These multiple intelligences are for us to know so that we can look at ourselves, look at the people that we interact with. And have an idea of how it all
2: works interpersonally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I found with um, one of my kiddos is in her book, she gives a website that you can like actually have your kids go and take a little quiz to help them figure out their, you know, what maybe their strongest smarts are right now. And I had a daughter that did it again recently and she was really discouraged because all of hers kind of were on like this medium level. Right. Mm -hmm. And that didn't surprise me at all because she is very like, can kind of do all the things. Like she's a very well-rounded kiddo. And it was a great tool though, to encourage her like because she's discouraged going, see, I'm not amazing at anything. And I'm like, you are like you're, you can do any. What do you want to like learn and strengthen? Which of these smarts most interest you right now? That's what we'll work on nurturing so that one can grow, you know. And so I'm like, what a gift that you have naturally just have kind of a status quo for all of them. Like, and you get to choose what do I want to do right now? So that was such a good tool for us. And, you know, she's going to focus on her music smarts right now. And that's what we're going to like work on nurturing and, um, and growing. So and then, you know, my, my other son had high on a few things. And so she's like, see, look at him. And I'm like, no, like <laughs> you get to pick. That's really exciting. Um, she's trying to look at those things in a positive light and help our kids see all the ways that they're wired in a positive light is an honor we get to have as their moms and especially as a homeschool mom. Yeah.
1: And that we do have, if you have a strength, it means you have a weakness because no yes. one is superhuman. So, <laughs> really, your son who has that higher, the higher strength in several of them, that just means that he's weaker in a few of the other ones, where your daughter isn't necessarily, you know, strong or weak in any of them, which really is a gift because I don't know about you, but I don't like being weak in anything.
2: <laughs> no, me either. Me either. But I think, She's also very like perfectionist based Um, and towards the beginning of the book, Kathy did talk about that. And, you know, and so I think that's, that's probably where that's stemming from. Like, I want to be the best at something, you know, and we don't always get to be the best at something. We get to be good at lots of things and that's okay.
1: Yeah. Well, Jack of all trade, master of none. That's my, (laughs) my phrase around the house. And I like, you know, it's, it's true. Um, but also just personally struggling with perfectionism, even into adulthood, I've had to learn that I can't be perfect in everything
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that we can have us when we do have a strength. Yes, let's let's capitalize on it understanding that, you know, I think about an exercise. So if you have back trouble, lower back trouble, it's probably because your core in front isn't strong. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you have to look at both sides of the coin in order to really get the full picture of what's going on. So while I might be very word smart and people smart, um, some of the other smarts where I have maybe a deficit, That's probably where I run into the most problems in interpersonal relationships because I don't think like that. My brain doesn't naturally turn into that type of thinking. So I'm like, just pick a color already where (laughs) my child who's very self-smart and reflective and like, no, I need to know why I'm picking this color and it isn't just the color. And is it my favorite color today? And I'm not a person, of favorite. So I'm like, what does it matter? Just pick the color, but <laughs> it, it really matters to them. Mm-hmm. And I have to be aware of that and not just, um, again, as a homeschool parent, my own agenda, what yeah. I, what I have slated to get done for the day. Um, because that's you know logical to me that we would get through this much work. And then when it doesn't happen, I stress and, and get uncomfortable. And really as I've aged and been in this homeschool world, uh, knowing that most of life is uncomfortable, I I really like wanna get really strong in just being okay with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh that I will forever, I think, be learning to be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And teaching her, what a a gift to be able to model that for our children. Like you're never going to have the perfect variables in every situation. So, you know, I, I wasn't a huge science gal growing up, but as I'm homeschooling now with my youngest and doing science is like, oh, that science experiment didn't work. So science isn't good. And we're going to move on. I'm like, that's exactly why we need science because <laughs> yes, it doesn't work the first time, the second time, maybe the third time around, because the temperature was off a degree. Because you know, I mean, there's so many different reasons why it didn't work, but we don't just go, it didn't work and now and we walk away and we're done. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it didn't work. So now let's find out how we can make it work or or change our hypothesis. And I don't know why I just keep coming back to this science, and it's like, man, I I could have been a scientist had I had what I know now <laughs> when I was younger, mm-hmm. but that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> That's okay. So you have gotten a graduate of homeschool and he is now, you now see him doing college courses and he is in, is he in second year of college? Is that right?
2: He's almost done. He's got oh my goodness, one more last next year. He'll graduate with his master's. Okay. We'll all okay. done.
1: So when you look at the one that you kind of had your start to finish with my guinea pig child (laughs) (laughs) and you see him succeeding in all the ways that, you know, a parent could hope and want for their child. Right. So, uh, for him, it was completing a master's program. You know, I know we had talked about, he has a friend that's doing an apprentice program. So we're not necessarily mm-hmm. saying like, Oh, you've achieved, you arrived because you have a college degree, but, but the Absolutely. goals that were set for him, um, both personally and then with the help of his parents, when you look at that and you look back and kind of reflect on his time during homeschool and his success in his goals as a young adult, like, is there anything that you can pinpoint thinking specifically about like the smarts and what was going on and how you guys kind of helped guide him
2: to his strengths? Um. Yeah, I think understanding how he was wired, um, made us have curriculum that we did. He had a ton of literature, tons and tons of literature to feed, um, his word smart and his logic smart self. Like he needed that is that made him thrive. Um, and I have other kids that we have had to switch, what we use because we're like, that would not work with them. Um, and providing him with, opportunities as we saw him have interest, like seeking out classes and other kids to do things with. Um, I am not technical and he's going for computer science. Like I didn't teach him anything that helps him with computer science. That was him having to investigate and us providing, you know, computer program stuff at home and letting him take computer programming classes and helping him find friends that were into Lego design when he was younger and just giving opportunities as you see interests and strengths in your kids. And if you can't provide it, like figuring out a way for them to grow that skill. Um, And I think just him seeing us consistently um, believe in him and believe in the goals that he had um, and support and honor those Um, because his goals are very different than most of my other kids. And that's perfectly okay. But I think he knew that he was supported and and had the resources um, to do the things he wanted to do.
1: So your next one that's coming up is probably a very different child altogether. Yes, very. (laughs) And so the paths are are start. You know, we all we all start out with the ABCs, right? And and we Mm -hmm. read those board books, and then and then as they progress in their education. The paths start to break off, right? So, your next one coming up. What do you see? Some of how some of his smarts are kind of, kind of dictating some choices that you guys make as you're helping him along. Yeah.
2: So he is very um, people smart in a different way than, um, like not in a needing to talk it out way, but he's people smart in that he is very aware of how people are feeling and then he's also very self-smart um and so he's questions a lot of things and has to think through and he's just a very deep deep thinker but not a big talker <laughs> um and so his school has had to look that community for him and having people was very very vital like my oldest son could have been home with our family and that's it most of the time and been fine and this other son, he is thriving, having people that he's doing school with. And he has a one day where he has to like take his assignments and present things and have that accountability and have those relationships has really motivated him. So making sure he has those motivations, like I can't imagine doing high school with him without him having that to motivate him. But, Oh, my friends are going to see that I did this. And I'm going to present this in front of them and it has to be good. Um, So I guess that's another piece, like knowing what motivates and drives your kids. Um, Mm -hmm. And for him, like he, I don't know if he'll go to college. Like that doesn't, he doesn't have the same drive and goals, but he, he wants people and his heart is really important to him. Um, So that's where we're putting our focus and adjusting things as we need to. Yeah
1: constant adjustment. I really feel like that, that Mm -hmm. could be another key phrase for homeschool parents. Like it's a constant adjustment from one child, but then also from one to an, from one child to another child. And it just, what works for one isn't necessarily going to work for another. And so like my older two, they did the work. They didn't, they, there was complaints. I mean, you know, their children, but Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't really a struggle. My younger one, it's like, I have to back off sometimes and go, okay, you know what? We don't, we don't have to complete all of that. It doesn't have to look the same. Um, What would you, would you rather be doing? As long as I really like to get freedom, as long as there is a good replacement, like you, mm-hmm. you can, you can challenge me in what I'm asking you to do, but you better come back with a really good idea instead. Um, <laughs> and then we can talk about it. But if it's just, no, I don't know. I'm not going to, well, then just do what I said. Cause you don't have another idea anyways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're getting smarter that way. They know that they, but what motivates, that's a great point because I had one of my twins that she could care less about toys. She could care less if you took away, you know, anything of hers, even as at a young age that you thought maybe mattered to her. She was like, take it. I don't care. Like (laughs) that wasn't a consequence to her. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we got to the point where like her consequence was she couldn't be in her room alone. Like you have to come be with the family now. That's your, (laughs) that's your consequence because nothing else seemed to really, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't motivated by those other things. And Mm. it's so neat to see, you know, our children and really, again, this homeschool opportunity to really get to know them. I mean, they're not just, you know, another person living in your home that you have to feed and drive around and look after and clean up after. I mean, it does feel that way sometimes in the thick of being at home and homeschooling your children, but when you really get to know them and see what motivates them and, and as they start to mature and you're like, oh my gosh, you're kind of a really cool person. Like yeah, meet really and, um, <laughs> it's such a privilege to have the time when I homeschool to be able to do that with my kids.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, in closing, do you have any final words of
2: wisdom for our homeschool parents that are listening to mm-hmm. this? I think the first thing that comes to mind is just perspective, like to keep the perspective that your kid is a gift and that how they think and operate is something to be like celebrated and to let them know that like the good things you see in them, like, especially, you know, just as a mom, we have so much correcting to do. And Adam, like now you're a homeschool mom and there's so many opportunities that we do have to correct or like, oh, we have to fix this math problem and making sure that you are filling their ears with a ton of encouragement to offset (laughs) those, even if they're kind corrections, because they need to know that they're seen. And I love that about this eight great smarts, that it really helps us to see our kids for who they are and to see beauty in all the different facets of how their brains function.
1: Dana, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate your perspective and your insight. That's all for this episode. Until next time, bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.